Amen, amen, amen. So I thought we'd talk today about what's in a whirlwind. What's in a whirlwind? What's in a whirlwind? <laughs> and take these things for granted sometimes. And <clears throat> we all know the story that I'm alluding to. The promotion we say of Elijah to heaven. And Elisha the prophet in his room. And there's something a reason for the way God does things and so we you know as ministers you have to examine those things you know people spend a lot of time studying uh, every jot tittle nuance Greek Hebrew inner linear outer linear whatever we do and in, in, uh, trying to understand the scriptures um, but uh, I thought what we talk about was these activities surrounding uh, changes in God's kingdom and changes in spiritual atmospheres and climate shifts everybody wants to use that word and uh, you know uh, um, but there's a, a reason for why God th- does things the way he does things um, God's God number one is holy and his work is pure and I think if we <clears throat> understand holiness in, in the sense that God is is without blame he's flawless he does things after the counsel of his own will he doesn't need anybody trying to tell him how to do things and manipulate in his mind and all this kind of stuff and so what we get from God then uh, if you if you seek God for his will and you seek him for his answers you'll come out with with uh, uh, you know what you receive will have that character and nature to it uh, it'll be flawless it'll be uh, without blame or reproach it will work it'll work over and over again it'll be eternal it'll have all the fingerprints of God on it and that's what we want and when we talk about you know everybody wants revival we we think that where we're at is such a bad place we need God to come in and do something drastic in order to affect a change well he will do that uh, but his drasticness sometimes is never perceived by people who are not clued in and so when we talk about the whirlwind of God this is something that is uh, pertinent to people uh, who are affected by it you know you, you have to be attentive to what God is doing not so much what your situation is and what you need and what your whether your prayers get answered or not or uh, whether he straightens up these uh, rotten cre- uh, Christians out here that no, don't know how to do anything right or not that's that's not what we're talking about we're talking about uh, the things that have to do with God's kingdom going forward and the people that are called to um, work in that and called to be a part of that all believers are part of God's kingdom whether you play your part or not is totally up to you but I think it's good to know when God's moving it's good to know what he's doing it's good to have an interpretation of events a correct interpretation of them and it's good to know your place in them and that's really what happens in this whirlwind uh, uh, promotion we call it of Elijah to heaven and Elisha of the prophet in his place and so God has a place for everybody that he calls Uh, know your place know your role it make that important to you 
to get in place in God. We we have to get beyond the point of just wanting to have God for what we want him for all the time. There is a kingdom principle here that comes first. He tells us to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and everything else is an add-on. So we know the kingdom is number one. The kingdom is of utmost importance. The kingdom comes first. And if we'll put the kingdom first as Jesus did. We're his disciples folks. We, we're not above the master. You can't just go through life getting every, all your little needs met. And neglect the kingdom that you belong to. That's just like somebody uh, living their life uh, in a home. Never pay, never pay your mortgage. Never pay your taxes. You get the, you know, you, you get the protection of the law enforcement in your community. You never pay your taxes and so forth. You're just getting a free ride through life. And so God does not... He doesn't want that report about his children. His children understand who they are. If you're royalty, like we say we are, we're a royal priesthood. That means that we have a a dual status down here on earth. As royalty, we have rulership for a king, for a kingdom. And as priests, we serve. The two go together. They're never separated. I know people who feel they're wise are always trying to say, "Well, we, 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 uh, what we do, we've never taken up the king kingship. We always do the priesthood." I don't think so, because we ain't doing the priesthood so hot. You understand what I'm saying? And they're not separated. You can't have one without the other. And so, if you think you're ministering and you're simply a priest, that's not right. You have rulership. You have dominion. How do you think you get to a city and can do work for God if you don't have authority over the works of God? Darkness. You see. And so that's the king part of it. The priest part of it is that you humble yourself to serve humanity. Your resources. As as a a royal, your resources as royalty, your royal resources are for the service to humanity. It's the way Jesus lived his life. And so we have to keep clear about these things as our position here on earth. But I believe people always think there has to be some great shaking something happen before God will come and do things. And I think God will do things the way he wants to do them. There is a a whirlwind component when God begins to stir and change because there are certain things that happen in a whirlwind that cannot happen any other way. And this is part of the way God (coughs) elevates, shifts, Changes, promotes, gets in place, things he knows what to get settled for the next move. When Jesus came to the earth it was a whirlwind upset of massive proportions. The earth had never seen anything like that. An older couple having a baby at that age and um, a priest going, being struck dumb as he's ministering in the temple. Uh, people prophesying about a baby and, and signs and wonders and uh, people who are basically psychics and, and mediums getting visions and accurate dreams from God. It just was upsetting of everybody's status quo everywhere. And so this is how God does his business. He does it after the counsel of his own will. There are some things that you need to understand about his his. Pro-
process of getting his work done. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. How God gets his work done. He'll get it done. Trust me folks. Don't have any doubt about it. Jesus is coming again. Uh, The earth will be filled before that with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the seas. God knows how to get this done. He doesn't need some committee of wise preachers to tell everybody how it's going to get done. You can read that for yourself in the book. And other than that, just hide and watch. Or see if you can get involved in the midst of it. But, you know, take your place and take your part but understand how God does these things so in 2nd Kings chapter 2 it says here in verse 1 it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah to heaven by a whirlwind Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal now there are are some some understandings that we we need to get here it appears that all of these places where the prophets stopped and I'm not <clears throat> not saying this all happened in one day it's obvious they couldn't get from all these places in one day this is over a span of time and so Elisha if you remember when he was called into the ministry he was called after Elijah had pronounced a judgment against Jezebel about against Ahab's house uh, Jezebel had uh, uh, threatened him to kill him and he suffered a kind of reaction to that that caused him to want to die caused him to want not to live anymore and so when those utterances come forth there are times when God takes them as as time for this man to start to groom somebody else in his place and so he tells him you know after after this this thing you're going to go and and anoint Elisha who's over plowing in his father's field Elisha was not a son of a prophet he wasn't groomed he just came out of nowhere and many times the next in line comes out of nowhere who's this person I don't know him he's not on television he's not got you know 50,000 he's the knots you got me uh, it's the whosoever's it's the whomever God chooses God chooses after the counsel of his own will he doesn't have to tell us his list of qualifications he just chooses and so if when you're God's choice you're God's choice it's up to you then to do diligence and do obedience to God in everything so that you can complete what he called you to do everybody wants to have the reputation of being faithful everybody wants the reward at the end but there's a high price to pay for it and it is not cheap and so I think if we can keep that in mind choice the the price has to do with your lifestyle how do you live what do you what do you put first every day not just on Sundays or not just you know when you have needs but what do you put first every day and so it it goes like that Uh, you're God's choice if you're in a ministry gift office or if you're a, a, a believer, a lay person, you're still God's choice. God uses everybody he wants to use. We're talking here about a, a position of dire importance to the, to the survival of the nation of Israel. And so these things, when they're pivotal like that and when they are... Uh, very very important to make sure that that person that's getting uh, uh, that's next in line that's the next one to lead make sure that person is properly prepared 
God has to do things a certain way. So this is proper preparation for Elisha. So that he rises above the norm as far as the rest of the sons of the prophets are concerned. Somebody has to stand out as the person who is willing to do whatever God says to do regardless. And that's God grooms people to have that attitude. It's a take up your cross daily and follow me. It's a whatever sacrifice is necessary you make that sacrifice in order to follow me. Whatever I tell you to do you must do it and you must do it immediately. And these are the things that God trains his servants to do I know it looks like a free for all out here I know it looks like you know you just get business cards go on TV raise a lot of money but there are servants of God in the midst of all of that there are servants of God who have to fulfill the qualifications perfectly or his work can't get done he'll just wait until he can raise up somebody else God's not in a hurry to do anything we may be in a hurry to see revival or see this or see that but God's not in a hurry to do anything he lives in heaven everything's wonderful up there we live on earth and so we we are trying to cooperate with heaven so that the two can meet and we can can see the vision of God the earth filled with the knowledge of the glory of God like the waters cover the seas people have freedom to choose God ministers aren't intimidated because somebody will sue them or take their license if they don't marry gay people you understand what I'm saying and so this is what what is driving uh, the kingdom is to to expose darkness to put it in its place to bring light and understanding to people so that people have an opportunity to choose life and they can go on and live for God and have that life that God ordained for them to have. And that comes because God knows how to make servants out of ordinary people. He knows how to equip ordinary people to do his will. He knows how to work in the heart of a person to, to convert their heart from, from stony heart to a heart of flesh so that his spirit can can invade our hearts and cause us to be changed into a different person not concerned about the everyday things anymore but concerned about what is on God's mind right now today and what can I do about it and so this is the whole purpose of the whirlwind is to make sure that happens so there's a lot of stuff God needs to have make happen and he knows how to make it happen so the the, the uh, um, it says here how far did I get reading just one or okay so he says Elijah went from Gilgal, Gilgal and Elijah said to Elisha stay here I pray you for the Lord has sent me to Bethel so he's separating himself from this prophet Elisha said to him this is a vow this is how people talk back in the day he said as the Lord lives he's swearing by God or swearing before God and as your soul lives I will not leave you so they went down to Bethel now what is happening here is God is testing the junior prophet for his hunger for God Everybody has to have a hunger for God. That's the one thing God says will be filled. 
And he knows how to create hunger in us. Elisha probably understands from looking at this man of God and what he's had to do just to keep the nation of Israel alive. He's looked back at Elijah's track record. He's served him. He's walked with him. He's been a part of that company of prophets and sons of the prophets and disciples of the the, uh, prophet. He has watched these things over a period of time. And he's looking and he says... You know, this ain't an easy job. Write that down, somebody. You know why? Because let me tell you what we have a tendency to do in, in among Christians. We look at who's on television, who's got a suit, who... We look at all what we think is ministry. We look at trappings. We look at backgrounds. We look at... I mean, we don't look at backgrounds. We look at what's in the forefront and what's visible. And when you understand from being up close the privilege of working closely with somebody who's anointed and you understand that there is a lifestyle that accompanies this and then there's a work out here to do that ain't easy that's when you start to get a clear picture of God's kingdom. You get to understand that we're a kingdom under assault by darkness. We're a kingdom under attack by darkness. And we need people who can meet the challenge. People who can stay with God, live for God, know God, read God, breathe God, eat God, sleep God. And when you see that in an individual, then that cultivates the proper hunger on the inside of you for what God has for you. It, it creates a hunger. You you can see, you know, this is this is serious, man. There, I've, I've walked with this man of God, and and I saw Jezebel kill prophets and hunt them down, and he, I saw him hide fifty prophets and risk his own life. This ain't easy. You got me. Uh, when you look at what what it takes to do some of these things, you you got to look at it and say this ain't easy. Uh, Oral Roberts. For for his lifetime, if you don't learn anything about his life, you know it ain't easy. All he said was, "God is a good God." He was hunted, he was persecuted, he was lied on. His family's, you know, ostracized. All these things. He had a son to commit suicide, and you know, all this stuff. It ain't easy when you when you're called by God to affect a change in the earth for His kingdom. And so, if nothing else, getting a clear picture of what goes on is essential if you're going to go on and be effective for God and serve God. You can't be in it for the, uh, you know, for the Facebook hits, you know, <laughs> telling on myself. You know, I mean, I had nothing else. <laughs> you got me? Y'all, y'all feeling me now? You can't be in it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Gives you a headache. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying. It's it's work. It's prayer. It's knowing God. It's understanding God. It's being willing to do whatever and and not knowing what he's going to ask you to do. But you still got to be willing. It's sacrificial life. I know we don't like that word. But somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. We look at the lives of people that we admire that serve God. And we say, oh, wonderful. Oh, yeah, that's great. It ain't easy. 
Yeah. Ask any of them. Billy Graham is, you know, I don't know how he's still here. But the earth still has need of him, so he can't go yet. Well, you know, his son's full of energy and, and, you know, fire and wanting to do, but it ain't time yet for the, you see, for the drop, for the whirlwind. Not quite time yet, so. Anyway, um, they went down to Bethel. So he's going from one city to to the next. You'll notice that at each city, the prophet, the Elisha, the junior prophet, is told to stay there. So the question is, will he stay or will he go? Will he stay or will he go? Will he separate from the man of God or will he go on with him? And the question is, where is your hunger? Hunger drives you to keep going. Hunger for the things of God and hunger for the life of God and hunger for the will of God. Hunger to see what God wants manifest to find out your place in it. That is what will keep you going. When the hunger dies there's no driving force anyway. And you'll see many opportunities here for this young man to let the hunger die. There are many opportunities. In fact part of this promotion and part of this instance shows you the warfare against your hunger for God it's big it's big things that used to feed you that don't feed you anymore will war against your real hunger sometimes you gotta let go of stuff that used to feed you and just let the hunger be there you know how you can go to the refrigerator and look in there and say, I got a taste for something. I don't know where it is. Don't feed that. <laughs> I should be talking. To, okay, why not take it back? Thank you very much. <laughs> guilty. 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 Right. 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 <laughs> As I was going to say, that's how we gain weight. <laughs> huh? Well, that's why, that's why Paul said, lay aside the weight. Lay aside the sins that so easily beset us because we're looking at that refrigerator. Huh? If you're hungry, go to God. Don't go to the refrigerator. That's what I wanted to say. No, it's true. There's all kind of substitute feedings for spiritual hunger. Write that down, somebody, because that's where everybody's living now. We're living in the realm of substitute feedings because we can't wait for God to send the ravens. We can't wait for the next assignment. We can't wait. So we got to feed ourselves on something because we're scared we're going to starve to death. Spiritual hunger is meant to be overwhelming to us. It's meant to be hard to fill. It's meant to be difficult to sustain us. It's meant to be that way. Because then we've got to wait on God. To fill that hunger. We can't fill it with a substitute something. 
because we'll just keep gorging ourselves and gorging ourselves and gorging ourselves and then we don't want to admit that that's not really what we need so we keep doing it all the more so this young man is being told don't come don't follow me and then he insists upon following the prophets anywhere because he knows that hunger can only be fed by this man of God he knows that so he's got to follow him that's why many times prophets are difficult people to follow they embrace you and they repel you you know it's the way it goes that's the way the spirit of God deals with people it's not just a person it's a person assigned by God to affect something in your life and so it'll be that thing you know the love hate <laughs> I love her I hate her I hate her you know that kind of thing it's just it's just that's the way it is you can't help it and the prophet can't help it but that's the way things go and so um, he tells him no I swear I, I, I'm going to follow you people tell you that all the time when you're in ministry well, God told me to come over here, and God told me to yeah, 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 and they never, do. <laughs> they never do. You know what I'm saying? Very few will will fulfill, because many are called. See, that's the calling. When God tells them, you know, go over to that meeting, go sit with that person, and you know, and what I found people do nowadays, instead of coming to the meeting, they follow us on the internet. If God said go there, you go. You won't get any what you're looking for off the internet. See, you got to obey God to get. Everybody's got a shortcut, folks. Everybody's got a thing that they do to keep control over it, so we can do it ourselves. So we don't have to let go of everything and trust God. It's not about trusting people. Not about trusting me. It's about trusting God. I'm trusting God myself. So we're all in this trust thing. And he says, verse 2, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. And here we go. The sons of the prophets that were at Bethel. Now here Elijah is doing something. He is going around. This is like his final check on all of his people that God has him disciple he's taking an inventory of who really God wants to take over in his place and he wants to make sure that he releases that power to the right person doing all this inventory the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said to him don't you know that the Lord will take your master from your head today and he says yeah I know it but hold your peace shut up shut up (laughs) see this is the distraction from your promotion you got me and it will come from people who know God This is for fine discernment folks. This isn't just I'm in the crowd and I know I'm going to get something. This is for fine discernment. 
And you've got to be able to know that when somebody comes to you and they give you information, is that coming from the Spirit of God or is that the human spirit that has knowledge? Right. So these are human spirits that have knowledge. You know, they know how to pick up the Word of the Lord. They know how to get together and get in the Spirit and bringeth me a minstrel or whatever floats your boat. You know what I'm saying? They know how to get the Word of the Lord. But they don't know how to internalize it. See, there's some people who are around for the game of it. For the visual of it. For the, the you know, I was in the crowd and I, I went to so-and-so's conference. And I, oh, did you go to, you know, so-and-so? Or have you, do you know, name droppers. And, and the people on the outside. And so these are outside people trying to perpetrate as insiders. Pretenders. People who have knowledge. But they're not running with God. They're not intimate with God. They're not close to God. They don't have his heart and his mind in the thing. They just have the information. And so there there are lots of ways to get information. You can pick up prophecies off the internet. You can go on somebody's website and hear what, you know, and and (laughs) people try to put it together to make it sound like it's pertinent, you know. You don't know who God intended that word for. You don't know if that. You understand what I'm saying? There's too much. There's so much information out there. So many ways to perpetrate like you know God. And like you have relationship with God. Some things are just Bible and they're just true. You know that doesn't mean that it's a word for now. For you. That's going to feed that hunger. And you know whether it feeds hunger or not. Because you gobble that up and you run on and find something else. You understand what I'm saying? Always itching ears ever learning never coming to knowledge and so the sons of the prophets were at Bethel and told them don't you know your master is going to be taken away in other words here, when they say taken away from your head he's, he's they're, they're really mocking him you know oh hey, you know that's the one who can't get, get away from him he's always hanging around him he's oh, Elijah's flunky you know, can't get it. You, you, you act like you can't do anything unless she tells you to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know it. And many people who need to hang on internalize those words. And then they begin to resent authority and resent the man or woman of God that God's placed over them. They got too much power. I can do this. I can get out on my own. I can. You got me? That's what this is, folks. That's the warfare against your promotion. So they're mocking him, making fun of him, trying to get him to disconnect. Hmm? Those are the haters assigned to your life. Huh? Absolutely. Spirits of hatred because they have enough sense to know what it takes partially to receive the promotion. They probably said many times, well, I don't want to do that. I just want to do what. You don't call the shots. This is God's kingdom. You got me? Many of them probably feel that. They got so many missed exams and so far behind in their homework they'll never catch up. 
God's not a homework. He's not an assignment. He's God. And if you're a son of a prophet and you have that mentality of putting in time until he dies and then I can step up there. You got me? You're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. Because there's relationship that brings the anointing. It's always brought through relationship. People will come around prophets and you know want what they have. But they don't want to pray about what kind of relationship. What do I do? How do I connect? Is this the person I connect to? If not, how do I connect? Etc. Everybody wants to join themselves to you on their own terms. I'm going to say it again. Everybody wants to join themselves to you on their own terms. Not on God's terms. And if you're going to receive something from God, it all has to be on God's terms. All of it. Or it will never be effective for you. So if you're under authority and you still have hunger, you need to check out the way you connect. It's like if if we tried to light this tree and we know all the bulbs work and it still doesn't come on, we have to check the connection. Because it works when it's connected properly. Everything works when the connection is proper. When the connection is not proper, it will not work. So, in a whirlwind, we'll talk about that. A whirlwind is described as a very strong wind that moves in a spinning or swirling motion. And it causes great damage to things like buildings trees anything that's stable will become unstable in a whirlwind it's something that involves many quickly changing events and feelings so you can talk about a natural whirlwind like we know a tornado or or some of the other types of of weather disturbances but a whirlwind also can be a situation that causes and involves many quickly changing events, feelings, etc. So many times there are situations in life that are whirlwind situations for us. Uh, a marriage can be a whirlwind situation. Many changing events, feelings, all of these things. A death can be a whirlwind situation. Loss of anything can be a whirlwind situation. And so there are times when you can be losing in one area of your life and God is preparing you to gain in another. You just got to hold on. (laughs) Make it through the whirlwind. You got me? Hold on to his unchanging hand. Hold on to the word that he's given you. Hold on to whatever you know to be solid and stable in God. It's like when there's a tornado you run to a shelter. You get in a secret place of the Most High. You get in your word more. You turn off all this other crazy stuff. This head banging stuff that you usually do that's all emotional. You want your spirit fed at this time. You want to hold on to God with your spirit with everything that's in you. You need to learn how to wait. you got to wait it out. It's not going to lift just because you read a couple of scriptures and think you can rebuke everything. This is something that's 100% under God's control and he knows what he's doing in it. You don't know. 
many times people will you know in areas cities where or, or townships where they have tornadoes they have a tornado alert when it goes off you know you run and get shelter you don't go out and look to see if it's over you wait till the all clear sounds before you get up and go anywhere and so that's what we have to do in these situations they're rapidly changing events and feelings involved in it one day you're on top of the world the next day you want to hide under your bed and not come out anymore one day you feel like you can function but your mind's distracted you keep trying to focus on something you need to get done and you can't get it done because you gotta yada 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 that's the whirlwind folks we all experience them you need to know that it will pass some more quickly than others but God's in it and you've got to find where God is in it you've got to hold on to God you've got to cling to God you can't just take a false way out just because you're tired of it and you want it to be over with we all want, want unpleasant things to be over with but, but these are things that you've got to hold on to God in in the midst of the whirlwind though there is an obedience to God that must be fulfilled he's testing us to see how deep the hunger is many people let go they can't handle it they can't handle not having their position they can't handle not having their crowd they can't handle not having you know whatever God promised them the last time so they'll go running off in the midst of the whirlwind trying to stabilize everything in their lives yeah I gotta fix this. I gotta. Fix. Oh God, don't take this. Don't disturb this. Don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. These things test our trust of God. He's sovereign. He does. He was here before we got here, folks. The world doesn't revolve around us and our needs and what we think we want and so forth and our discomfort. And we can't wait any longer. We waited long enough. All that. It doesn't matter about any of that with God he needs to do what he needs to do not because of you but because of the kingdom it comes first and we have to remember that all the time a whirlwind is also a small rotating windstorm of limited extent so it comes and it goes we don't know how long it's going to last you don't want to be in the midst of it but we do know it'll pass. It's a confused rush, and it can be violent or de- destructive, a violent or destructive force or agency. A vortex wind is vertically oriented, and that's what Elijah had. He was vertically lifted up. He wasn't thrown to the ground. He wasn't harmed. He was in the middle of the vortex and just went up vertically. Everything else though that was beneath him was either suffering in it or if, it, if, if he was lifted up and the only thing left was a disturbance in the atmosphere, everything was taken care of. So God takes care of everything in these types of situations there are instabilities and turbulence created by the whirlwind of God there's hot and there's cold there's ebb and there's flow there's peace and then there's disturbance again so these things can go back and forth and if you're like me you want your peace you don't want it to keep 
but it'll rush out and it'll come back in towards you again. And you've got to stay stable in God. You got to go. God, know that God, you're, I'm not going under. God, I am not going under. I'm going to hold on when these things are are over. People who are 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 being delivered from oppression or or from sickness or something like that that's a whirlwind occurrence in their life they'll hold on to God they'll come out intact peaceful nothing missing nothing broken but because of anxiety and wanting to take care of ourselves we'll let go of God and go try and get our own go to Mexico and get some herbs or something you understand what I'm saying it's, this stuff happens to people God wants to take you into the the healing and into uh, wholeness in your life and yet you don't trust him to do that you've asked him trust him to do it hold on to him and he will get you there but you can't get yourself there if you could do it you'd be there already you wouldn't be in the position you're in these things are sovereign works of God to get us to know who he is get us to know that life isn't all we think it is get us to understand his ways and get us positioned where he wants us to be positioned in his kingdom so it does all of these things these whirlwinds occur all over the world and they occur in any season so there's not a season for tornadoes in God's kingdom it can happen anytime you got me I know we 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 think we you know with these prophetic people that want to tell you what season it is all the time honey it can be any season in my life I don't care I it's a season of blessing it's a season of whatever God has for me you know a season so these things occur all over the world in any season major tornadoes or water spouts or land spouts there are three different categories of them it appears that what took Elijah up was a land spout so that it came from heaven came down to earth to do a work did that work and and everything remained as God wanted it to be after it was over so this was something that God used to accomplish his will God uses forces of nature he uses uh, upsetting events so that he can be in control if you could hold on to a tornado then you can control God that's what he wants people to see if you can control the atmosphere you can control God we see these climate change people wanting to raise all this money to combat global warming they're only trying to control God and so if you can do that then you can control this but God will have to show up sometimes to prove to humanity that you have no control over anything unless you cooperate with me so this is 100% a God thing the way God chooses to do his will you can't make him promote you you can't make him put you in a ministry you can't make him give you a healing anoint you can't make him and he shows us these things by getting us into situations that we just totally can't control 
you know one day you'll be thinking God's getting ready to put you here and and you you find out you, you you're in a position where you can barely make ends meet again how did I get here again what did I do what did I mess up all this confusion the whirlwind oh it's the whirlwind of God he'll do it to help us to depend on him because depending upon ourselves will take us down a wrong road and won't get anything accomplished that's going to be any good for us so he takes us down these roads so we'll know we have to depend on him when a whirlwind it gets started the funnel that it creates picks up debris from the ground contains it dissipates it and throws it out of the funnel so there's a cleansing that happens in the whirlwind of God there's a division and a separation that happens in the whirlwind of God there are things we pick up in our normal everyday activities of life that are debris first prophecy I ever got you know y'all get nice prophecies now I don't know where some of these people come from but I used to get things like well God has taken you through uh, a very difficult I said man that ain't the half of it you know I'm standing here a former shell of myself I'm, I'm barely standing up here and uh, you know he makes it sound so uh, it's just been a difficult I said God, do you know I tried to kill myself about 15 times and thought about it every day? What do you mean, been through a difficult? Come on now. Tell it like it is. Hmm? He let me know. He said there were things in your life that I could not use. This is why you went that way. Hmm? Cleansing. Couldn't we just have had a bath? No, 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 no. You get your shower in the whirlwind. And it won't be no water in there. Huh? You get a dry shower. Just turning, 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 turning. Oh, it's true. So one one reason is for the cleansing. If you look at what happened in the end of this, God got his pick. He got his pick. At the end of this, Elisha was pure. Because he had to walk it out with the man of God. Question is, can you walk it out with the man or woman of God? People, let me tell you what people do. They, They try to sift and pick and choose what they want from leaders. You know, when you eat somebody that that has the good so to speak you know somebody anointed you just want to pick and choose you think it's a a menu i want to be able to do this like them and i want to be able to do that like them but if you can come closer you'll see what it really takes and nobody wants to get there nobody wants this why these other prophets are always off somewhere making their comments huh because that's the way people do they criticize leaders if you're critical of your leadership you'll never get it you're there with a bad attitude for nothing almost you know change your attitude you'll start receiving but if you're always judging and looking you know they should do this or this this is missing in the ministry and this is why it's because they don't do you understand what but hmm? judgment well you can't judge the anointed of God you'll never get what they got 
It's all for vain. It's all for not. If you can't let that go and trust and trust God and and check your love walk. If you're critical, your love isn't right. You're there but not there. You're there but you're just hanging on. You're not locked in. Like like uh, uh, Gehazi was with the man of God. The man said, my heart went with you when you went over. Did not my heart follow you? My heart, you need to know that their heart follows you and you got to put your heart in it so that you can follow them wholeheartedly. And Gehazi wouldn't have had leprosy had he not done that. So it can't be that you're just there. You got to be there with your heart locked into that person. You understand me? You got to love them. You got to be devoted. And that's what it takes to get the goods. You get all the goods, but it, it can't be a, a fake thing. You know, it can't be pretending. You got to be real. Well, this is for real. And so, anyway, he there's debris that comes up. Anything that's not pure and that God can't use. You're going to get a promotion. You're going to get this, get that, get, get purified. Hmm? Hmm. Yeah, even you. You got me? We think that's the last thing God's after, but he's after that too. <laughs> you know? <He's laughs> God, I don't know. Is anything left? Man, you stripped me. <laughs> Didn't I get plucked clean the last time we came up to this mountain? <laughs> You know, the eagle makes it up there and pulls out all the old feathers. I thought I was blood clean. No, we got one more. We left <laughs> from the last batch. Just trust and trust him. We look at Job and we don't even think promotion when we see that. But that's exactly what happened to him. A whirlwind of sickness and, and uh, devastation. Everything hit his house. He could have died a loser. But he decided to hold on to God. So who were the the distractions that came? It was the people that came and ministered to him on his sickbed. (laughs) Your dear friends. (laughs) Come and minister to you on your bed of affliction. Things that aren't going to help. So the funnel picks up debris from the ground. It contains, uh, dissipates and throws it out of the funnel. This, This whirlwind will dissipate when it meets an obstruction. Mm-hmm. This whirlwind of God was never obstructed against. But buildings and things of that nature are sacrifices to the natural tornado. And because it hits those things, then it can dissipate. But if it never hits anything solid, it won't dissipate. It will just keep going. Mm-hmm. And so we thank God for people who are underneath the, the house you know, in the the safety zone, but that house is going to be sacrificed in the the working of this tornado. It dissipates when it meets an obstruction. Thunderstorms are usually within the whirlwind. So God speaks in that voice. Amen. The Bible says His voice thunders from His throne. So God will speak through these whirlwinds. He'll talk to you. In the midst of your most difficult, difficult, when your mind is racing a hundred miles an hour and you're trying to steady yourself, God will just show up and start talking. God, I thought you only talked to me when I was at peace. I'm the sovereign God. And you know it's him. Because by that time you're so desperate for an answer, you really clue in and you're really 
focus in. And that's the whole purpose of this. It's to get your focus 100% on God. Get your focus off of uh, God in an add to or God when it's convenient or God a little bit and me a lot. It's to get your focus 100% on God. So what's what are the characteristics? What's the purpose for the whirlwind? What do, what do we what do we know about it? Maybe I'll read the rest of this. I'll let you let you have the rest of the story. Verse three: The sons of the prophets were at Bethel. That were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said to him, "Don't you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today?" He says, "Yeah, I know it. Hold your peace. You rebuke thoughts that come to you that tell you to let go." That tell you you've devoted your life to this man or woman of God in vain. That you're not going to get what you thought you were going to get out of it. Even though you get something every time you <laughs> sit under him. You, it's never enough. You know, Some people never enough. They're never satisfied. Uh, and I'm supposed to have more. You know, I just, <laughs> Elevation comes out of this whirlwind. And that's what you're looking for. You're looking for the elevation of God. Verse 4, Elijah said to Elisha, stay here I pray you, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he said, as the Lord lives and as my soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, don't you know that the Lord will take your master from your head today? And he answered, yes I know it, hold your peace. The day that he says yes I know it and has a discussion with him. That's the day he disqualifies himself. Do you hear what I'm telling you? The day somebody criticizes your relationship with your leadership. And you listen to them. That's the day you disqualify yourself. You can't drink sweet and bitter. You can't feed the negative critical thing in you. You can't give vent to that kind of stuff. This has to be your response. I know it. Hold your peace. And you keep trucking. You take the dirt off. Wipe the dirt off your. That's part of the debris that God's getting rid of in you. See Elisha was a, a, a company. Part of this company. These were his peeps these were his boys these were the ones he probably went in his downtime from the master he probably got with them and they traded prophecies they talked their talk they did that thing you have a peer group anywhere you are and your peer group but your relationship with the master has to be cut off from that peer group you can't because you don't know when God wants to bless you with higher anointing more revelation understanding the things you say you crave the things you say you want they can't come while you're trying to be buds with the undercurrent with the debris folks you got me with the bottom feeders you will never get the high call with the bottom feeders Verse 6, Elijah said to him, Terry, I pray here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. He says, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. And the two of them went on. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off. Now they're getting curious. huh? The, the outside people are always watching. The critics are always watching. But they watch from a distance. Remember Michael with David? He was down in the streets with the people 
And he was in the worship atmosphere. He danced before the Lord with all her might. She's standing there with her nose. How dare you act like they did in front of. He said I wasn't dancing for you. I was dancing for God. Huh? From that day forward they had no intimacy. They had no children. You, you don't go with somebody that don't worship God. You don't go with somebody that don't love God. You, don't, you understand what I'm saying? Let the critics criticize. You keep your distance. She's up there in the window looking down. You just stay down there dancing. You just stay down there with God. Stay down there doing your thing with God. Because it's for him that we live. It's not for anything else. So here we got. Now we got a crowd following him. They said, oh, Elisha's, he must think this, oh, I want to see this. Huh? They've already disqualified themselves because of their distance, because of their position. They've already disqualified themselves from being a part of the move of God because they distanced themselves from the man or woman of God. Period. So they're not going on. And if you're going on, you've got a decision to make. Huh? You can't follow both. You can't be a, a, a yes man for the, the backsliders and the critics and think you know more than the man or woman of God. You're going to keep friends with them because they need you. You got me? Elisha had to decide he was going to disconnect from that mob. Huh? Just disconnect. I'm going on with God. I don't care what. I know they don't have it. I know he has it. So I'm going with the one that I know has the goods. You got me? Period. You can't straddle folks. Don't fool yourself. God knows and he sees everything. The reason you're in the whirlwind is so you disconnect. I'm going to say it again. The reason you're in it is so you disconnect. The debris is going to be left on the ground. Are you going to go up? If only one's going up, you let the man of God go up to his reward. But you better be there to see it when he's there. Because something might fall on you that you've been longing for and that you've been needing. I don't care if you're a five-fold or if you're a lay person. That person has something to impart to you. And you better stay with it so you don't miss it. But you can't be two places at one time. You can't be on the ground in the debris. And you can't be, you got to be looking up to see what's going on. Then you got to be in the right position. And so he says, verse 6 Elijah said to him, Terry, I pray you, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. He said, As you live, and as my soul lives, or your soul lives, I will not leave you. And they went on. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets, they're watching now. Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and hit the waters and they divided. So the two went over on dry ground. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said to Elisha, now ask. You follow first and then you ask. And you have to be invited to ask. You notice Elijah didn't blurt out anything. I want your man. That's why many times prophets who have something have a hard time getting people, real people, that they need to pass it on to. Because there's so many people coming up asking out of turn. It ain't time to ask nobody for 
impartation or power. You have to be invited to that dance. That's not your dance to make up. You have to be invited to that. So after he had passed many tests. Many tests. Most people are fatigued and they haven't passed one. Huh? Well did you come to the meeting so and so? Well no I couldn't get there because but I want your mantle. I want power. God told me if, if I came here you give me a word and blah this. Go home. Thus saith. <laughs> huh? Go back where he came from. Elijah took his mantle, wrapped it together, hit the waters, they parted. Then he said, ask what, what, what do you want me to do for you before I'm taken away from you? And Elisha said, I pray thee let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And he said, you've asked the hard thing, but it's the right thing. The hard thing to ask is always the right thing to ask. Got me? It's a hard thing, but it's the right thing. Why is it a hard thing? Because you got to stay focused to get it. You might miss it. You might. It might be the one time the devil convinces you you don't feel good and you can't go to church and you'll miss it. You understand me? So it's a hard thing because you have to follow. You have to. You have to make this the important thing in your 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 world in your existence. It can't be a secondary thing to you. It's got the, the power of God has got to be everything to you. And he says, nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it'll be so. But if not, won't happen. Man, you mean I followed you all these years and the payoff comes right Oh, yeah. The payoff comes right at the end. God doesn't need two in one spot. I'm going to say it again. The payoff comes right at the end because God doesn't need two in one spot. He's not in competition with himself. Hmm? He's never in competition with himself. No organization needs two heads. No church needs a co-pastor. Silliest thing I ever heard in my life. What is that? It's a co-call. That means God couldn't make up his mind which one of you monsters he wanted to put up there. Huh? Yeah, if you see me when I go, you'll get it. But if you don't, you won't. You're asking a hard thing. That's a hard thing. It's it's enough, the Bible says, for the disciple to be equal to his master. This man wants to exceed him. That's why it's a hard thing. But Elisha knows something most people don't know. He's going to need it. It's not just a double portion for window dressing. It's not just a double portion to say, look at what I got. And that mantle wasn't a fashion statement, folks. It was just an old coat. (laughs) Weather beaten, wind beaten, everything. But it was everything. Because it represented what he had worked for all of his life. It represented years of serving with a whole heart. Not half-heartedly. Throwing the scraps of your life to the church. Wholeheartedly. Putting your best out there. Everything. Wholeheartedly. And he says, verse 11, it came to pass as they stood... 
they they as they still went on and talked so he just chatting with them he doesn't know the day or the hour he doesn't know what time but he knows he can't leave the man of God he knows he can't go anywhere he knows the grass is not greener someplace else he knows that there's probably not another place for him anywhere this is for all the marbles and so he says it came to pass as they went on and talked that behold there appeared a chariot of fire horses of fire and parted them one on one side one on the other one goes to elevation the other one has to stay in the earth and take that mantle into the earth to do the work that the earth needs and so that's one reason for the whirlwind is to divide and separate and sort out that's God's sorting that's the way God sorts out who's really serious who's worthy who will pay the price and who ain't and he said Elisha saw it and cried my father my father the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof he saw correctly and then he saw him no more now the 50 that looked on are still looking at a distance they don't know all they see is a bunch of dust but Elijah is close enough to identify where Elijah is going he knows this is a chariot from heaven he knows that it separated the two of them he knows that he's fulfilled everything that man of God told him to do and so the faith then rises up within him to know that he's received what he asked for and that's all that whirlwind is for is to make sure you receive exactly what you ask for because there's no way for a counterfeit to get worked in here when God does a work and he promises you something it'll come exactly the way you ask for it because he takes total control of how it's administered to you and you want this you don't want any counterfeit power you don't want any pretend anything you don't want to get under somebody who hoops and hollers and and pushes people down and they never get up healed you don't want that you got me you want what's real you want what comes from God he says he saw him no more I mean never no more he said I got a good look at him I looked at him from from Bethel to Gilgal to Jericho and Jordan and back again I got a good look at him (laughs) and he saw him no more took hold of his own clothes and tore him in two pieces honoring the man of God grieving for him then he also took his mantle and he tested to see if the power was there and that's what you need to do God create a situation for me to test to see if the power's there God will do it because he knew if my prayer got answered and God gave me what I asked for I should be able to do the same thing that that man of God did with this all these people going around mentioning names so and so's grandson has got this ministry and that they don't have the goods they may have a family name but they don't have the goods just because you got the family name that don't mean you got the goods took up his mantle and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan and he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and hit the waters and said where is the God of Elijah that's what you want you want God working with you you don't want their reputation you don't want their name you don't want to say that you knew them you don't and even if they were of no reputation you want the power of God that's what you want and he says where is the God of Elijah 
And he had also, and when he had hit the waters, they parted here and there. And he went over. And he started his ministry. Immediately. Immediately. When that power falls on you because you pay the price, it comes on you immediately. I remember having been at home for the longest time with a nervous breakdown and I was so hungry. I'm telling you deprivation can bring a hunger and as long as you feed the beast, the beast will get fed. And I was so hungry for the power of God and I didn't realize it at the time but when you, when God has gifted you, when you, when you come into the, the fellowship of other saints, that's when your gift comes alive. That's when you come alive. That's when you get the grave clothes unwrapped off of you through fellowship with the saints, sitting under the ministry of the ministry gift. All of that matures you, grows you, grooms you, and you blossom. And I remember just being in a Bible study and the thought coming to me that that God was going to tell me something. And, and we were going around the circle giving our prayer requests. And what came out of my mouth was not what was in my head to give us my prayer. I was going to do my usual thing. Please, can y'all make sure God saved my husband? Get him a job. (laughs) Prophecy came out of my mouth that day. I was not the same person that straggled into that Bible study five or six months prior. But in that period of time, God had fed that beast in me that craved living water. And I knew God. I knew the word. I read the Bible every day at home. I gleaned from here, there, and everywhere. But it wasn't until he planted me where he knew I would flourish that gifts started to come out. Now I'm telling you, there is a place for everybody to be planted and flourished where everything that's good in you will come out of you. Well, I don't need any gifts. You don't know what you need. You don't even know what manner of spirit you're of. You don't even know God enough well enough to call the shots in your life. But I'm telling you one thing. You get where God tells you to do and you, get, and you don't move it. And I, I started prophesying. I said in God and I saw a vision and I started describing what I saw. And people started running around and finding things. And it was a whirlwind created. Amen. By the word of God. And God brought healing out of that. He did a miracle for somebody. I remember talking about the scripture in the book of Acts saying I recalled it I couldn't even recall reading it I couldn't even recall where it was but I said I recalled it so I didn't lie Holy Spirit made me say that and when I mentioned it there was a woman there that had a handkerchief with that scripture on it she ran she shot out of that Bible study nobody had to give her permission she didn't stick one finger up and say one devil leaving or nothing and she didn't need to have a song to usher her out of there she slapped her Bible down she shot out and ran and looked in her car and found the handkerchief and the Bible study teacher looked at it and she said there's a woman I know that's been in a coma and, and, and this woman was a doctor the one that had a, she said I've, I've been praying for her and I asked God to please heal this woman I need, I need something for her and so the Bible study teacher said well let's lay hands on this handkerchief and you take it and you give it to that that girl came out of that coma that next day after she had put that thing on her you got me because 
of of when it falls on you it's got to be the real thing you have to be where God tells you to be for that thing to fall and for me it was in that little neighborhood bible study with a bunch of women who were hungry and what they would do they get you baptized in the Holy Spirit that was the whole purpose for that and we would worship God and we would pray and we would make sure everybody's needs got met and that was the purpose of that thing but I'm telling you God will bring you out and, and he brought me out of that that difficult time in my life that I had been in where I was trying to find God didn't know God and felt like I was the least person that could help anybody with the challenges that I had in my life but there was more to me than my problems that I had come through and now he's depositing things in me you understand me and so we don't know what all we know is we must obey God that's all you need to know about anything whatever he you must obey him no matter what he requires of you and no matter what he tells you to do and you got to do it with a pure heart if you're religious and you're used to faking it this ain't this ain't for fakers he's gonna take the fake out of all of us folks we're gonna get stripped down to where we live so the reason for this whirlwind is for elevation elijah went to went whole to heaven man like enoch you got me just went whole enoch he was like enoch only three in the bible have left no bones moses elijah in Enoch so his work was completed and he finished strong he finished on his feet he finished talking walking around pays to work with God telling you this whirlwind will cause division it divides calls gifts anointing it allows the earth call to remain and be stronger there are 14 re- recorded miracles in the Bible from Elisha, 7 from Elijah. Elisha did from the small to the big as far as he was what we call a pastor prophet. Took care of their, you, when you look at his interaction with the sons of the prophets, he took care of all of their needs. He just, whatever they needed, he'd full blast for them he saw they needed caring for you got me Elijah set up all of these different schools for prophets but Elisha perfected them made them function the way they were supposed to take care of the people kind of thing he was able to finish strong so we said division it divides calls and anointing it allows the earth call to remain on the earth and it promotes it divides the promotable from the unpromotable we see only one man was promotable and that was Elisha the other 50 prophets just stayed you know they they did their thing but not to the extent he did we said elevation comes promotion comes Elisha Elijah was elevated Elisha was promoted so Elisha received the mantle to carry the word of the Lord not just as his assistant but in the fullness of the office never begrudge yourself being an assistant as they say in vaudeville if you want to be the top banana you got to start at the bottom of the bunch The reason for the whirlwind is for cleansing. 
It always stirs up dust, debris, things that God can't use. You know, don't be don't be mad at what you you have that you don't like about yourself. It endears you to God. <laughs> when you're weak, he's strong. He says, "Finally, somebody I can use. Somebody who ain't perfect, you know." So the dust and debris are stirred up and removed. Unclean things that won't take us forward are revealed. So we'll, it's a self-examination time. Every, at every stop, Elisha had to examine his heart. Do I really want this? Is it really worth it? Give me a new pair of sandals, God. I'm going forward. Well, In the whirlwind, you're empowered to do the next level. And that's what you want. Elisha came into a greater dimension of power. He was empowered to do the job at the next level. He took Israel into their next phase of history. The turmoil will oftentimes elicit a vow from the one being promoted. We saw that in verse 6. That vow must be made. You've got to promise God that if he does this for you, you're available. Your words have to be there. Your faith has to be there. You've got to have something there to nail you into that place. So that God can, can, that gives God permission. Your vow gives God permission to go forward with this. With that, that vow, you get the conditions for promotion, which must be fulfilled. You know the requirements for promotion. It's all laid out to you. You have no doubt where you're going, how you're going to go. Only this time you're empowered by God. Many people are, are doing their best in following God in their own strength. And so many times in these whirlwind situations you get stripped of your strength. And you have to listen to God and tell him now I, I see what you're trying to do. But let me show you a more excellent way. I'm going to show you how this really gets done. So you take your hands off of it. And you go let me do this for you. It takes discipline to stay focused on God until this gets done. That's what this was about too. The focus of the one receiving the empowerment. Can you stay focused on what God tells you to stay focused on? And don't look at the flaws of the man or woman of God. Don't look at how slow they walk or their weakness or you know any of that stuff and problems and you know stay focused on what God wants you to stay focused on. You have to stay in the moment in God. In whatever moment he has you in, you stay in that. You can make your plans later. You know, oh, when I get my this and I get, I'm all, this ain't the time for that. You don't make plans for the next, you don't know if you're going to make it through or not. And you don't know when you're going to make it through. So you have to stay focused, stay in the moment, stay focused on what God wants you to stay focused on until he releases you from it. When he does it, it'll be done. Well, so God does all of these things because he wants to make sure that what we have is right. It'll be pure. It'll remain in the earth. It'll do what he wants it to do. And he will be in control. So that's the whirlwind. Amen. Father we thank you for allowing us the opportunity to hear your word and to know your word. To know what you are doing God. 
to know what you're doing in the earth know what you're doing in our lives know what you're doing period what how does it concern us what is it that concerns us father i ask you to help us to expand our vision of who we are our purpose here and what we are doing here and i thank you and i bless you and i praise you for it in jesus name amen and praise god if anybody needs prayer come on up and i'll pray for